0: Welcome y'all to Backwoods Obscura, a podcast dedicated to the lore, legends, and myths surrounding the creatures that may lurk in your backyard. My name's Hewitt. I'm Chris. How you doing, man? I'm actually doing pretty good. How about yourself?
1: Could have been a better week, but you know, that's life. How it goes. Ebbs and
0: flows, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my, My big thing is I'm still dealing with the frustrations of being in the education system.
1: Well, I mean, that's an eternal struggle.
0: Yeah, the struggle is real, and uh, I am dedicated to it. So, uh, I'm not going to go into detail, but uh, let's just say the argument with administration was, uh, why are their kids not passing? And my response is, I don't know who these children are. I've never seen them.
1: Oh, okay. So, they're like,
0: "Why are, why are all these people failing? It's like... I don't know. I I, I I literally have never seen them. Like it, <laughs> it's one of those of like that they still have the the cousin Ronnie attendance record going on.
1: Well, I've been dealing with the other eternal struggle, which is automobiles.
0: Uh, it, though that and uh, houses.
1: Yeah, uh, at least the house isn't. Well, God, okay, let me. Uh, at least my house isn't breaking down. Uh,
0: <laughs> Hold on, let me actually get the real wood that's in the room. Oh, uh, yeah, that—that—that's uh, particle board. That's no, no. Like cherry. Oh, this is this is actual wood over here. This is. Oh, that—that's that's sturdy wood. That, okay.
1: Anyway, so uh, there's a likelihood my alternator is fucked. Mm-hmm. So, and we already lost a car. So that's a thing. they served two tours. <laughs> served two tours. You know what? No, and... we
0: shouldn't do that one. That's kind of stolen valor right there. Right?
1: Like, <laughs> That's. I, I don't know. I'm just. It's like one of those things It's like looking at cars And I'm like Why do we drive these? Why don't we have Why why do we build everything With cars in mind? This seems kind of uh, Unintuitive And Um, silly
0: Because We existed for slightly more than 100 years Before cars showed up But also Everything we have is also designed 100% for horses Like before the car Everything And like Even our downtown uh, before they had to widen the streets, was designed for horses. Because, uh, I, I don't know, this is a fun fact about America. You can show a thousand people get killed. Americans, eh. You you cause one dog harm, you get a four movie franchise uh, that everybody's fine with a thousand people literally getting murdered because they killed a dog, maybe two dogs, like over the course of four movies. God forbid you do something to a horse.
1: I mean... Okay, like that's the big thing I see with okay. So Fallout is coming out with the series. People are saying, like you know, will, they're yeah. they're loving the violence in it, but the the number one thing they say is like nothing better happened to fucking oh, dog uh, meat. I will
0: I, I I will legitimately go out on the internet right now and say this. I will murder for dog meat. Yeah. I. You know what? I've played Fallout since Fallout One. I have murdered for dog meat.
1: Yeah, technically, in the game, in the game, don't don't come after us, Google. Aren't no,
0: no, you know? no, no, It's uh, I have played the game. I've played the game. Someone killed dog meat, like in Junktown. It's like, well, everybody got to die now. That's my dog. It's like
1: someone's got to pay.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna John Wick the everything now. It someone someone's paying it. It's everybody. Anyway. It, we're moving in towards the the continuous what we're in the continuous three month holiday season of the United States right now Yeah, the sometime between Halloween and New Year's uh,
1: the fun time which is supposed to be you know joyous
0: and happy uh, it's mostly stressful really do you want but, something that will make you feel slightly less stressed though? what's that? Uh, do you want to know about one of the best known Loa? I'll definitely learn about that That'll that'll make me happy. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a little story. Well, by that I mean I'm gonna go over my notes, my uh, couple pages worth of notes. It's like places. I'm
1: gonna tell you a story. By story I mean
0: read. I, these I notes have cliff underneath. notes about that I've gone to multiple places online, uh, plus my own knowledge from running a uh, a Dresden fake game that was very heavily reliant on the Loa. But uh, I'm going to talk about Papa Legba Because we mentioned him a little bit when we talked about the Crossroads a while back And I don't know if this episode is going to come out before or after Mm. But uh, yeah, let's talk about Legba Legba is one of the best known, most well known uh, Of all the Loa Which, uh, a reminder, the Loa are the spirits uh, That answer to the creator deity They function Mm. They're like avatars, basically It's it's not so much avatars They function somewhere between an angel and a god depending on who you ask. And I'm trying to be super respectful with this. Like, I know that we mostly talk about cryptids and ghost sightings, uh, but this runs the line of, well, it's this, I'm going to be this is, a, I'm talking about an honest religion here. Like yeah. it, this is a accredited tax exempt religion. And while it might not be my personal one, I'm also not going to go out of my way to piss off Legba. Like I think <laughs> I might've seen Legba once. Like I think when we talked about the crossroads, I mentioned I'm driving, back from my parents through the delta and ass backwards mississippi and i get to a four-way stop and there is a tall old man and a dog standing next to the stop sign i'm like either i saw the devil or i saw legba Mm -hmm. i'm not stopping for either (laughs) because okay i might break for legba maybe maybe but uh there's but but
1: it like in the middle of the night you're sitting there and you're driving and you see I mean, seeing anyone on the road is going to make you a little bit on edge. But... Especially
0: when you're in the middle of fields outside of Greenville, yeah. Mississippi. And all of a sudden it's like, a mile and a half that way. Eternity to the horizon that way. A mile and a half to the forest ahead of you. And just, you're in fields. Just the dirt that has not been actually planted yet for the new cotton season. There is a tall, tall man with a dog standing next to the stop sign holding a cane. And it's like, hmm Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. nope i'm a skeptic again i'm a southern skeptic i will not go out to try to disprove myself anyway uh get off of me talking about this with myself and talking about papa legba now papa legba is a syncretion deity secretion Uh, deity syncretion i'm sorry syncretionism uh no i mentioned this when we mentioned the the gates of uh that uh what happened with the hoodoo slash voodoo religion is a lot of catholicism and west african religions got fused so uh but before even that happened papa is kind of a fusion of multiple west african deities now part of that's actually because of uh, the diaspora due to slavery so i mean I, I said it would not be stressful and it wouldn't be down but we got to kind of get through the bad part first <laughs> uh so uh what is the big thing with it is that papa uh, the modern view of Papa is because a lot of West African gods got fused together because of slave diaspora because what happened is uh, very quickly the Spanish that were and the Portuguese and then the British and the Dutch eventually that joined in realized uh, for their for what they considered their own safety, what they needed to do was make sure that a bunch of slaves from the same area weren't actually together because they could speak the same language. So the one of the biggest horrors of slavery is... Well, first off, the, the Europeans were looking at, oh, everybody's black, so they're all the same. Mm. But the big thing is is that you might be from the Congo, you might be from Dahomey, you might be Fawn, which was kind of close there, but you also might be from near Cameroon, and you all get mixed up, so no, nobody speaks the same language. So it's just a mass of gobbledygook as far as you're concerned. You might find one or two other people that speak the same language as you. I, that that is like an absolute freaking horror story to me right there and that's like not like from the persp- from the perspective of like a slave from or the, someone that was captured from from a slave's perspective you're now in a group of 15 20 people about to go up to be sold and, and nobody speaks the same language so that isolate one you're thousands of miles from home. You have no clue if the rest of your family is alive, and then nobody around you speaks your language. You are a hundred percent isolated, and that, and that was by design because they wanted to destroy people's. Oh yeah, will. they want to, but break uh, people. Yeah, to 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 get away from kind of that absolute. F- like, okay, that's realistic horror. That's not Freddy Cougar. That's not existential. That might be existential horror, but it is the, it, it, the, the it, mundanity of the situation. Yeah from the outside makes that all the scarier to me yeah but what happened is because of this a bunch of different folks when they ended up in haiti when they ended up in what would become the united states started eventually finding a way to communicate with each other and combining deities because oh this dude sounds like my dude yeah this dude sounds like this dude and so all of a sudden legba becomes kind of an amalgamation but uh looking at legba The clearest line of origin for him is actually the fawn people of Dahomey. Dahomey is in modern-day Benin. In fact, the Dahomey royal family still exists, and uh, the reason they still exist is they're still living off of money from slavery.
1: Oh, geez. Uh,
0: Dahomey, history teacher, geography teacher here, uh, uh Dahomey's royal family took complete control of the slave trade with Europe. Like, If anybody was making money off of it, it was the royal family so uh that royal family still exists much like the british royal family still exists that did make money off of that go get bent charles um no i mean of course it, like what
1: there's always some fucking like racist idiot that's gonna say the africans sold slaves too it's like but d- it, who was really benefiting from that situation well
0: the, the, that there's a uh, well, we'll get into this so i guess we'll make this part of the podcast uh don't cut this out please Oh, no.
1: Now it's cut. It's cut. It's gone. uh,
0: Here's the deal. The difference between what became American slavery, North-South American slavery, and the slavery that actually existed in Africa is that slavery in Africa wasn't permanent. It was... It was a form of, like, indentured servitude. Well, it wasn't even so much indentured servitude. Like, you could be a slave for life, but your kids weren't. You could buy your way out of it if you had an owner that actually did pay you, because they could. Your family could pay you out of slavery. Someone else could, most slaves in West Africa were war prisoners. So, the concept of a permanent skin-based slave was not present in Africa. It's just, like, like one of the things, oh, there, there were slave, white slaves in Africa. Yeah, in North Africa, there were white slaves because people got captured sold into the slave trade. That was the way it works. But it was not the chattel race-based slavery that ended up continuing to exist for nearly 400 years over on our side of the ocean. Like once slavery got over here for lack of a better term, they had to start defining things. Like the first thing they had yeah. to go is, like, well, Christians can't be slaves. Can't yeah. enslave another Christian. Now what they meant is white people uh, couldn't be slaves. Yeah. Uh, so, well, so then all of a sudden the slaves go, I can become a Christian. Praise Jesus. Where's my freedom? And then all the slave owners, shit. So then like all the white guys got into a meeting, right? Like all the, all of them got together. Uh, because uh, apparently, like, all 15 white dudes knew each other back then yeah. as a joke. Uh, well, you, you know, it was, uh, a,
1: it was a tight-knit family. Like
0: yeah, the oh, Royals, well, the Habsburgs. You know? The Habsburg didn't branch out much if we're talking about Spanish-Caribbean. <laughs> um, that's why the last one, you know, had a, a heart the size of a walnut and shriveled black testicles and a tongue three times larger than normal. Um, any case. That's what they named the jaw after. Uh, yeah, the jaw. Also, there's a reason why there's an SCP named after the Habsburgs. Uh, yeah, so... Mm-hmm any case, uh, off of that, what it is is like eventually they said, okay, well, of course white people can't be slaves. It's just black people. And then it goes, well, what if they have a baby? Well, that's a free slave. Well, hold on. That baby didn't. So eventually. And, and then the, we the, get the, into the one we drop. Get, we get into the inherited status. We get into the skin color. We get into the race-based. And, I mean, that even extends into American history. It's like, oh, the first person to buy slaves in Jamestown was black. Yeah. And then very quickly he was told he was not anywhere near the same level as anybody else but he had slaves. And then eventually you get to the early United States, early, the late colonial period, uh, black people uh, weren't citizens. Like, we had to have a fucking amendment passed in the 1860s to say, if you're born here, you're... Yeah. I mean, Dred Scott said they weren't. So, I mean, like, getting... Since we went down the slavery tunnel, I'm sorry. It's one of those things I get upset about because... Well, it's a
1: historical thing that does need to be talked about because there's a lot of I think there is a lot of misinformation here.
0: Well, I mean, you and I live in the South. We live in the Deep South, Louisiana. Like, about the only place I would say that's deeper South than us is either New Orleans or Atlanta. And the only reason I say Atlanta is because the ATL is its own beast from the rest of Georgia. Florida's not the Deep South.
1: That's Disneyland. Florida
0: Florida is Florida. Florida is Disneyland and Nazis at the moment. But talking
1: Um, about what you were saying, uh, it reminds me of the idea, the concept... That a lot of people get annoyed with uh, when you talk about the concept of whiteness, you hear the term whiteness, and people automatically like take it personal. When it's actually like, okay, whiteness was created as a means to otherize other people. So, well, back the, in those days, it was.
0: Well, I mean, the big thing is, and, and then we'll have to switch off of this, or else we'll end up on a different, entirely different podcast type situation here. Oh okay. yeah. Is throughout this time period when Legba starts to start forming yeah. to make sure I'm still submitting it back to what we're talking about. The idea of whiteness and blackness starts to form when we develop the idea of race-based slavery. Because like all the white dudes got the go, white people can't be slaves, right? Yeah. But no, no, no. White people can't be slaves. Like they like 100% like because they're like, I don't want to be a slave. Uh, like I feel and the reason I do this and this is why I do in my lessons when I talk about it is I show them how stupid it is. Because I mean, there is nothing different about anybody other than the amount of melanin in your skin and it's
1: stupid. And but. the thing is, it's like Europeans have been racist towards each other for, for so still are like, you, you don't have to look back
0: that far in our history to see, you know,
1: Italians. Irish need Irish to play,
0: Polak don't come in, those type of things. That's 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 just slightly over a hundred years. Yeah. But uh, with this, the concept of whiteness and blackness developed alongside each other, and they're going to be solidified during Reconstruction. Mostly by the landed southern wealthy elites that still had money after the Civil War, because the whole thing they're doing is they're going to go over to the poor blo- or the poor whites, realizing that the poor whites and the freemen have more in common, because they don't own land. They, getting, they don't got shit. They're getting screwed over. But then they come up with the concept of whiteness. You're white, I'm white. And so and that's actually this that that racist concept actually applies into some of the stuff later on about Legba. So let's let's get back on topic, or else I'm gonna rant. Oh, and, we, so, we and, could go and, into and sound this. like a uh, to sound like a quote unquote wokenista, which I guess I am by some people's standards. When all I'm doing is like, hey, this is the shit that's happened.
1: Oh no, oh no, the podcast got woke now. Oh oh my god, we were always awake. Oh. <laughs>
0: I mean, Well, I've been awake at least since I was 18 and got out of my parents' house and started learning how the world actually functioned. Anyway, so here's the deal. Uh, Legba originally popped up with Dahomey and the fawn people to get back from before we went down a rabbit trail for like 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, he was a fertility and trickster god. Uh, resembled a fawn or a satyr in many depictions. He's depicted as having, uh, and this is something i brought into some of my depictions of Legba. He has small curled horns mixed within his uh, gray flecked hair. Because most depictions of Legba, he's either completely gray, like iron gray, or he has dark black hair that has the flecks of silver starting to form. Like he's a man moving into later middle age. Uh, but the concept of him looking similar to a fawn or a satyr was kind of interesting to me. And uh, I found a couple links, some of them really not that liable. But if you look at the trade routes... Where Benin is, where all that is on the west coast of Africa, was not too far outside of where the Romans did business. Like, they never conquered that area south of the Sahara, but they did do business within. Like, trade made it through there, so the depiction of a fawn would be understood. But also, it's not unusual for a goat to be down there, or an antelope in that region, because, I mean, it's the the Sahel and the Sahara. Not the Sahara, but the Sahara is a desert, but the Sahel and moving into the larger grasslands. So Legba was sometimes depicted with goat legs and small horns, similar to a fawn. Or a
1: satyr. Or a satyr.
0: And him being a fertility deity and being connected to the satyr. So there's, I feel like there's something more there, but I couldn't really find anything. And I'm probably implying on my own end. Uh, but
1: you kind of have to interpret things based on what you can find. But
0: but the more modern version of Legba that's come through, especially through uh, Louisiana, New Orleans, hoodoo is that you take this proto-legba, which in uh, the Yoruba culture was actually known as a legba. So, there's a root with the name there as well. Uh, But, you take this shape-shifting non-gender binary in some situations, uh, fertility deity from West Africa, and you mix in St. Peter. Because St. Peter holds the keys to heaven. He is the he is the gateman. And legba functions very much the same. So, so the, the the origins of Legba very much are ninety percent this West African trickster fertility deity and Saint Peter get mixed together. Other saints got mixed in with other deities, and that's how you end up with most of the Loa because I mean they were slavery the, the slaves that ended up in Louisiana and the in Haiti where the religion is most prevalent were owned Ca- by Catholics. Yeah. Now, so
1: there's there's like kind of a melding of like the saints with
0: Right, there's, it's the reason why I said Syncretionism earlier. Is you take Catholicism and you take another another nat, uh, native belief system, and it starts to fuse. If you, like, there's several saint candles that you can get that the saint, especially if it's from Latin America, might not a hundred percent be that you're lighting a candle to that European saint. You might also be lighting that candle to a local deity that absorbed, got absorbed into the the whole. Uh, Catholic, like Halloween, Christmas, Valentine's Day, St. Pat. Let, let me go off on all the saints' uh, holidays that we have that are mostly,
1: hmm.
0: you know, using pagan or yeah. non Christian beliefs. It's
1: really weird, or it's really interesting. It's not actually that weird because of the way people work, but it's really interesting. Like, we're talking about deities in voodoo and hoodoo. Well, it's hoodoo, but not voodoo. Uh, we're talking about hoodoo. That are kind of an amalgamation of different deities from African religions and Catholicism. And then it gets mixed in with like Christian holidays, which are already an amalgamation of pagan holidays. So we're like sitting here of thousands of years of history and tradition that has just been just been like fucked together. In such a weird you just way. Made, you
0: just made it sound like we had a holiday orgy. It is a holiday
1: orgy. Like, our, our current holidays are an orgy and an offspring of, like, thousands of years of melding between different religions. Yeah. And some of those, I mean, there are a lot of people that say, okay... Catholics came in and, like, tried to make all the pagans religious by, you know, appropriating and all well, that. Well, to but... be
0: fair, the, the Catholic Church got that from the Roman Empire because, uh, like, they would show up and go, hey, like, you got this god named Thor, we got this god named Jupiter, they both do lightning. Uh, we don't have the money to build a temple to Jupiter. Can they just worship in the Thor Temple? I mean, we beat you in a war. And so next thing you know, you got a temple that, that used to be a, a Thor worship place is now a Ju- is now a Thor Jupiter. Give it a couple generations, now it's Jupiter Thor, and after that, eventually it's just Jupiter. Jupiter. So uh, the Catholic Church very much took that uh, borrowing practice from. Uh, I mean, it's the it, it's basically the same culture. Yeah, but I mean, it's so. Let, but to get back on point, uh, let me tell you about the appearance of Papa Legba. He is a older, very dark skinned man that usually wears uh, worn clothing. Sometimes just well-worn, like this is where I work in, sometimes threadbare. Uh, He is depicted usually with a large straw hat, and he has a cane. Sometimes it is a very nice cane. Sometimes it is just a carved piece of cypress or other such wood. But a lot of times I saw cypress specifically listed in the cane. That's very topical. He always, or I shouldn't say always, most of the time he has a large black dog next to him. Sometimes it's described as mean, sometimes it's the best boy. But it's it's never a puppy. It's always kinda like him. He's older, the dog is older.
1: It, it it's like uh it's like an old man with his dog. Yeah. Think of like an older man that's probably has had the dog for ages, probably had it yeah. after their spouse had passed away or something like it, that. It,
0: it is it is very much the dog is always with if the dog is visible in the stories. Uh, the dog has been with him for a while. It's a familiar. Hmm. Uh, but also sometimes he's depicted with horns. Sometimes he's depicted with hooves. Uh, which we'll get to. And we mentioned in the crossroads before. About this. But uh, let's talk about Legba's domains. Like where where this Loa uh, falls within things. And why he's one of the most known. Uh, number one. He is the Loa of all crossroads. Both physical and emotional. So if you ever have a four way stop. You can get to Legba, if you ever reach a crossroads mentally, like I got to make a big decision here. You can still call on Legba, because this is all at those intersections of life, at those physical intersections, at those tough points, those hard points. That is where Legba exists, and Legba's also it's uh, some of the stories I saw. Uh, Legba kind of can exist non, God, okay, was it non-cyclical or sorry, cyclical circular, like time is cyclical, like they said yeah, time repeats. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Legba can be in more than one place at one time.
1: So he's non-linear.
0: There we go. There we go. Non-linear. Hmm. He can appear to multiple people or multiple people at the same time. Now, his domains are mostly knowledge and magic, and sometimes trickery. Now, the trickery one is kind of cool. I like I like this aspect of Legba. It's not that he's there to necessarily trick you or harm you. It's just, I'm going to give you knowledge. You might not be smart enough for that knowledge. So what Legba does is he tells you the situation, but he might tell it to you in a way that he understands. And that the rest of the Loa understands. But you might not be able to quite grasp it.
1: So he's like the DM that's going to fuck with you a little bit. It's
0: it's more like the concept of, uh, you got to be really careful what you wish for.
1: Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. So you ask him for knowledge and he'll give you knowledge, but that might not be exactly the knowledge you thought you were asking for.
1: It's one of those lessons you learn that's like, just because you think you want something doesn't mean you need it.
0: Well, it's also with dealing with the Loa, I equate to dealing with any Loa the same way as I say, when you deal with the Fae, it's not a hundred percent face value and it's not them lying to you. It's them telling you, you just might not get it. Or it's, I didn't lie to you. I didn't necessarily tell the truth. Yeah. So that's where his trickery domain seems to be.
1: So he's not like the usual trickery where it's like, "Who, I'm going to play tricks on you. The- no, gonna- no.
0: It's, it's not like the Loki. It's not like the pan or the puck. He He's more of, I'm going to tell you what you need to know. It's not my fault if you don't understand it because you're dumb. Like Legba very much will look you right in the face and go, you don't want to know this. <laughs> kind of like
1: an Eldritch Horror sort of situation.
0: A hundred percent. Like, he's like, I am literally the only thing holding Cthulhu back from your brain right now, mortal. Do not ask this question. Oh, you asked the question? Well, here <laughs> you go. Think, well, I'm going to let you know. Oh, you're now on the floor foaming at the mouth. That is not my problem. And yeah. I I mean, that's coming off really cold. And that's not a hundred percent how you interact with leg bump. But the first thing is, I'm going to say, you can summon Legba by singing to him. I am not going to sing the song. I know I've read the song several times. I'm not doing it. One, because it would just be disrespectful to sing it online or on this podcast. But two, I don't want all of a sudden there to be a knock on the door and I find out Legba's real. <laughs> like, I know look,
1: look, Louisiana skeptics, uh, we, we're not testing anything here. right? But,
0: but uh, also, I'm going to say this. You don't just sing to bring Legba in because you want to. Anytime you summon Legba, it should be serious, because here's the deal. When you try to summon any other Loa, you have to go through Legba. Legba is the gatekeeper. He's the doorman. He's the crossroad, because if you're trying to cross over to talk to Samadhi, or Damballa, or Mamawada, or Aido, or Ayawedo, I probably mispronounced that. I, I, I pronounce that terrible. Or uh, got uh, Sumatra, or LaCroix, or... There, there's several others if you're trying to contact any of them you have to go through legba because legba is the doorman he is the one that will intercede on your behalf because again you hit a crossroad and that is his domain like when we talked about the gates of gana before you can go through the first gate and start walking with somebody through them you have to talk to legba this is why he's one of the most well-known this is why he's one of the most powerful is because he is literally in every single, or almost every single like he's the doorman, basically. Yeah. If you start doing a ritual, you pay your respects to Legba first. Like he's okay. not like if you look at his description, he's the doorman, he's the gatekeeper, he's the crossroads. He knows magic trickery and fertility and this stuff. So yeah, okay, whatever. That doesn't sound like I'm mm. throwing lightning bolts or I'm a creator deity or I control death or I control fertility. Like the, for the land. But, or the but water. he controls. But no, like literally, him. he is the dude you have to access everybody else through. So Legba is incredibly powerful. Like,
1: he is, he is the doorman between life and death and the beyond. Yes. So, going up to him and, like, slapping him in the face is, like, the worst thing you could do. Yeah, like, coming do. up there and trying
0: to demand something a leg butt is a very bad idea. Now, like I said, before you talk... Here's the deal. Before you... Like, if you're doing a, a ceremony, talk to anybody, any dead, any spirit. You invoke him first. Not just going to the low but, like, say you want to, like, try to... Talk to a dead loved one. Talk to Legba first. If you don't talk to Legba, more than likely you're not gonna to get to talk to your family member. But if you do talk to your family member, you've probably just opened a door and have nobody to close it for you. So other stuff's gonna get through. Okay, so he is he's an adjudicator, he is
1: In the realist sense, he is the doorman. He is, he's the one that can he open is, it and close it.
0: Exactly. Now Whenever you talk to him, you have to offer a gift. Uh, these are the these are the things: that are the best for him. tobacco, which is almost all the Loa. Alcohol, specifically dark spiced rum, uh, and in some cases, I saw ten year old dark spiced rum.
1: Oh, this man—he
0: knows his taste. Yeah, and candy, specifically dark chocolate. He really likes dark chocolate. A lot of the Loa like dark chocolate.
1: I, I thought you were gonna be like, yeah, he loves Werthers. <laughs>
0: No, no, no. I'm not gonna No, no, I'm not gonna insult Papa Legba by trying to offer him Worthers, dude. Hey, uh, Papa, I got Worthers and Scotch for you. He'd probably take the Scotch and then just spurn me for the for the Werthers originals, but no. He likes dark chocolate, rich, earthy like you could probably use tamarind, like some of those more Ooh, I bet he would like some
1: like chili infused chocolate.
0: Maybe. Maybe. Like, but, like, you
1: get some cayenne and, like, some dark chocolate. That's some good shit Oh, right probably, there.
0: dude. Yeah, he might like that. I, I would love, like that. I'm not yeah. a huge dark chocolate fan, but spicy dark chocolate's pretty good. Um, you can... Here's the other thing. Um, much like I said with, uh, when we talked about Samadhi, that he doesn't like spirits coming out of his domain and trying to take people over because that's kind of a front to his whole being the Baron. Um, Legba does not like possessions. So... Much like people call on Saint Peter Mm. and Saint Mike or you know, Archangel Michael and Gabriel to cast out demons, you could call on Legba to say, Legba says get the fuck out. So
1: Legba can be up in here, it's like, No, man, you need to you need to pack your bags,
0: you gotta get out of here. This isn't your body. Now, the big thing here again is if you ever call on him, you need to have the gift ready. Which I'm gonna go ahead and say this. If you call on any loa, if you call on any deity, it's best to have, okay, yeah, I was raised in the 1990s, born-again Christian fan, right? However, my thing is I view all deities as most of the time you need to leave me alone, but if I need to call on you, I'm probably going to have to bribe you, including the one that I'm supposed to worship all the time. Normally. Well,
1: you got to entice them.
0: Like... I mean, it's, okay, it's not the idea of a sacrifice so much as like, hey, hey, um, I have a whole bag of Hershey's dark chocolate. Can you the help thing me out? the
1: thing is people talk about like sacrifices as the big thing to like summon like pagan deities but like if you, especially if you look at the Egyptians how do you call the favor of Egyptian gods uh bread, wine, water. You can just put out water.
0: On uh, on a side fun fact with uh the Judeo Christian God back in the day if uh if that time of the month had hit and it was inappropriate, I don't know why it would be but of course Uh, in the type of society that it came from, uh, it probably would be. Uh, You had to offer two turtles. You had to offer two turtles Mm -hmm. to the temple. So uh, here's my deal with that is I know that humans control a lot of this stuff. I'm 100% sure that there was one priest that liked turtles and just decided that, hey, this happens once a month for like half our population. This is how I get all the turtles. So he he was like, I need to make a turtle pit.
1: Okay, so it during menstruation. When you say turtle
0: pit, it makes it sound so wrong and bad.
1: I need I need to fill up my turtle pit uh, during menstruation. I need two turtles, or else God will hate you.
0: Oh God, this is gonna be like the this is gonna be the episode that actually gets us in trouble. Like I don't want you to edit much out of this, man. Oh my God. Uh, but no, but no, like, no. What when I'm it, saying is, it's like it, it's not even in the Judeo-Christian faith. It's not unusual to give an offer. Yeah. I mean, what do you call tithing other than we got tired of getting turtles once a month? Give me some money. <laughs> like you know what? You know what? God loves. Damn
1: you. it, Steve. We need money, not fucking turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Steve is just sitting there like, but
0: I like turtles. I like, need them for my pit. Well, hold on. like, what, Why aren't you getting on the Richard? He said parrots if you like steal the wrong thing. And there's like eight parrots. He goes, that is a very specific crime, man. That is a very specific no, crime. No. But the problem is, he goes, but those those parrots are going to live for like a hundred years. It's Next like, thing you know, like the first pope. Why are these, these three old ass parrots in here? Look, dude, it's Old Testament. You, they <laughs> one of them, <laughs> one of the parrots. the
1: the first the first pope just has three parrots in a fucking turtle pit
0: (laughs) (laughs) we now know the name of the episode is three parrots in a turtle pit
1: (laughs) but yeah so so so, offerings were a big thing right And they still
0: are and like here's the deal Uh, with the loa because uh, the loa especially with several of them like legba who is the one we access the most is they're much closer to humanity so they want the things we have so, I mean, if you're going to do anything with Legba, you got to have it. Re- you can't be like, hey, let me hit you up tomorrow. Legba, don't play that. None of the Loa play that. Uh, definitely don't do that with any of the parents. <laughs> but uh, and I mentioned this earlier, like, whenever he gives you information, you got to listen carefully. It is one of those of, he's going to tell you what you need to know, but maybe not in a way you understand. Like, he can communicate in every language. That doesn't mean he's going to communicate in yours. So he could tell you the truth, but it could be in Portuguese.
1: Oh, that would be uh, that would be a way that that seems like a trickery god thing to do. Where if it you're, does you're just
0: like, here is deal. This is what gets us into the modern era. Before you, you jump down that trail, uh, he's also a, he's also the low of one of the low of music. Ooh, so there's a really really good chance. That Robert Johnson did not go to the crossroads, and I mentioned this in the Crossroads episode. There's a good chance he didn't go to the crossroads to make a deal with the devil. He went to the crossroads to make a deal with Legba mm-hmm. because early nineteen twenties you still have people who had been slaves alive. And, and their beliefs are still grandchildren. Especially, and especially the beliefs still in rural communities would have been rather strong, especially, you know, through the Delta of Mississippi and Louisiana. So there's and a good chance he went to the crossroads to talk to Legba, not the devil. But- and
1: you you think about, okay, so thinking about Robert Johnson, I don't know much about him. I know about his music. I can play some of his songs very poorly. Uh, but you think about, like, the whole idea that he sold his soul to play the guitar One, it's a great story to get your ass out there, right? So people are, like, you hear, oh, he sold his soul to the devil. Well,
0: how many poor, poor stories involve a deal with the devil? Like, go back to Europe, even.
1: Yeah, that is it is. Like, the
0: poor that want to do something better, make a deal with the devil. And the whole thing is, like, you should be content with your position in life to begin with. But here's the deal is that Robert Johnson could have been 100% like, I'm just going to go out there and talk to Legbook. Because Mama told me about Legba. But because when you describe Legba, a horned man possibly with goat legs with an old dog, what are white people going to say? Oh, that's the devil. That's the devil. And even if they're not saying it's the devil like it's Satan, they're saying, oh, that's the devil because that's not Jesus. You know what I mean? Like how many times have they said something? How many times in our lifetime in the slightly less than 40 Mm. years for me have we heard something is the devil like Bobby Boucher's mama?
1: And the thing is, it's like the Christian worldview kind of relies on a duality of good and evil. Boom. So when you talk about... When we're talking about Legba right now, Legba is not necessarily a good or an evil figure. He is just an entity that exists. And he is a lot more complicated than a lot of people... Want to
0: have? Oh no, I'm not even. What I'm even scratching the surface here with him. Like,
1: I'm describing him and giving like a. Well, I'm saying like in terms of like a Christian worldview, he, you have to fit him in the good and evil dynamic, and
0: he often lands in the evil just because anything outside of the Judeo-Christian. And even Islamic belief faith. You know, the, the cousin religions that came out of the Middle East. The, the Abrahamic. The, the, yeah, the Abrahamic. The three great religions, to quote a Western historian. If you talk about them, there's always a good, there's an evil, there's that Zoroastrian dualism. Or dualism that exists in there. Uh, but you start dealing with any other faith. Like Zeus, he's kind of good, but he's really fucking shitty. But you better yeah. not say anything bad. Odin, straight up like suspect. If you, you start you ta- talking about Vishnu, who is the god, or I mean, you talk about Shiva, the god of destruction. That sounds evil to everybody, but there's also so many stories about him doing good. Yeah. If so- you look
1: at uh, Egyptian gods, you look at Osiris, you look at even like Set and Ra and all these gods. Or even Apophis. Apophis is usually like the, the king bad guy. In Egypt, but he has a purpose and he has a reason to be there. I mean, also
0: apothis sounds very much like apothecary. So medicine, it seems like it might be connected to him. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of
1: Egyptian gods are, are less like good or evil and more just
0: like people with really... They're superheroes that represent a concept. Yeah. But other things with this is you actually listen to most of the stories. Me and the devil, devil on my trail... Where he mentions the devil in his songs with Johnson, he starts describing the devil not as somebody that's hounding him or trying to hurt him, but someone he has a conversation with. Someone that imparts knowledge and it's a burden that he's there, but the description is very much like Legba. And can you imagine if you were walking alongside a God or an archangel, depending on how you want to take these entities, if that was right next to you while you're walking, what burden does that put on you? Yeah. They don't understand the way our minds work means they might be imparting knowledge that actually hurts. hurts. So if you look at a lot of what Johnson says with the way he describes the devil, it's not the Judeo-Christian devil.
1: It's more of a uh, burden that he's kind of put on. Right, but if he started
0: singing about legba, who's going to listen to him? Because let's be honest, who was Johnson producing music for? I mean, unfortunately, at that point, it was...
1: To reach a wider audience with which would be white people.
0: Yeah. It's one of those when he started doing that to try to make money through a record label, that's who he's going for. So he had to curb the song. Now, all of this is very much conjecture from a lot of folks. But to me, I'm not gonna lie, it kind of makes a little bit of sense. And I'm I've headcanoned this already, and it's uh the the off and on Dresden game I've been running that has had two babies born during because uh Izzy our friend in Alabama, yeah, and then our own uh, Sassy Sushi is—I think the 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 name that we're going to give. Uh, I mean, yeah, we've are, look. Both of my children's names have been Doc so much. It's just we're trying to do chaos muffin and Sassy Su- Sassy Juice. Sassy Sushi. I might have created something that's tongue tying for me. I'll, I'll have to bleep out. Then. Oh, the the big thing was also. Look, we have said her in every single freaking game I've run. Oh, Since well, she's been born. So, I mean, don't worry about it. It's just, we're em and I are trying to get better at it. Uh, but here's, a, you want to see some popular culture references to Papa Legba. Let's get it. Let's do it. Legba is mentioned in American Gods. Oh, uh, that makes sense. And this uh. is where you get to another idea with the Loa. The Loa don't normally have a physical form. They take a writer. Which means they, they possess somebody. It gets a little bit of extended lifespan, gets a little bit of benefit, but more or less, they go back into the quiet place in their brain and get to play like a Commodore 64 or something, and the Loa actually puppet them. So there's a young woman that is smoking a cigar that's supposed to be somedy, and there's another one uh, that is a middle-aged man that's sitting off to the side very quiet with a straw hat that's mentioned in American Gods. Uh which is abroad, which I just finished on audiobook. book. Legba is a black cockerel that knows too much because they go to the city of Genoa, That is new Orleans. I think Terry Pratchett went to new Orleans for the first time and tasted gumbo and realized life has more than boiled chicken. And he decided to make a whole book about three of his characters traveling to a mythical new Orleans. Cause you could see the future in gumbo and Malaya, that- And I am a hundred percent for this culinary witchcraft. As long as it focuses around our and state. Terry Pratchett, a fucking treasure. Yeah, very much. He is also the one that said, if you punch down, it's no longer funny, it's bullying. He fe- he made his own sword and then recast it out into a bog. So somewhere out there is a sword of Terry Pratchett waiting to be reclaimed. Hell yeah. I don't know if someone's already reclaimed it, and I don't know if that story is 100% true, but I want it to be.
1: Yeah, we- look, we're so- working on myths and legends here. Don't don't
0: come at us with like, oh yeah, that's actually not true. We don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Terry Bratchett made a uh sword out of bog iron and then possessed it because you're not supposed to actually own swords sword, so he forged his own. Mm-hmm. I like this story. Now, uh other thing. Uh if you've watched the new Castlevania Nocturn, Legba is called on uh a lot by one of the characters. They're in like Wallachia? No, no. no, no. Yeah. Uh so Nocturne takes place in France. Okay. Uh,
1: okay, so that makes a little bit more sense. I mean, I guess it's it's,
0: it's three generations, four generations after the first one. Uh, they actually they they actually made something canon. Juiced from uh, the the Game Boy game is actually Richter's grandfather. So they made that canon, but Papa Legba is called on because. And now I'm gonna. Oh God, I haven't watched it in like a month, so now I feel bad. Uh, one of the main characters. That's based off of the girlfriend from Rondo of Blood, which is the first game that Richter appeared in. Dracula X, Rondo of Blood, uh, that was on the or the Sega uh, Sega Saturn. That then the direct sequel to that is Symphony of the Night, like the flagship. Other than Three and One, and Rondo of Blood's really good too, but it didn't come to the U.S. till later, I don't think. Anybody out there at me, whatever. If you're a bigger Castlevania fan than me, uh, I will happily learn, and I'm still trying to play my way through all of them because I've missed that since my childhood any case uh, she summons Legba to do her magic so instead of her being the girlfriend that gets kidnapped by Dracula and might get killed that trope she is a freed slave from Haiti that calls on Legba and does magic but one of the things is she mostly goes with iron so she will like say there's a candelabra she does magic and all of a sudden it's a sword in her hand instead of a candelabra Okay, Girl, girl is boss my dude Girl it, is boss.
1: You can tell I'm not like a huge fan of Castlevania because I'm like, well, you. And, and then there's like a whole bunch of shit that I
0: well, the, barely the, know anything if, about. If, if you were actually doing Rondo of Blood or doing Symphony of the Night, the two games that Richter appears in uh, and that Maria appears in. I heard Symphony
1: of the Night's really good though. Oh
0: my God, yes. Why is it not on Steam? Any case, before we get on to this whole thing, which when we get offline, I will rant. Um, <laughs> no, uh, the, the two games are really good. And, uh, they take place in Wallachia. Yeah. They had to do something slightly different because, um, uh, they made Dracula not so bad in Castlevania the first oh, four okay. seasons. Uh Mostly it- because his, they wanted to have a happy ending with him and all that type of stuff and let mm. the seven-foot-tall monster have his wife, which I'm for. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Anyway, so, also, there's a very bad portrayal of him recently. Oh, no. Uh. They depicted him as a crossroad demon and made him look more like what the Barons traditionally look like in the New I, Orleans Arch of the American Horror Story.
1: Oh, American Horror... Uh, okay, there were two ways you could have went with that. Like, I will personally...
0: like. Did he appear in Supernatural as a bad guy? No, I don't know, actually. I, I Okay, did so it, the crossroad... Appear, did, did he appear in Buffy as a bad guy?
1: Not that I know of. I've okay. watched all seasons of Buffy. I don't remember a crossroad demon in Buffy. There is a crossroad demon in Supernatural named Crowley.
0: Okay, well, so, that, that's slightly different. Yeah,
1: but. and it's a white dude that's balding. That too many uh, people
0: have the hots for, yes, I understand. Yeah, I, yeah. I know about Crowley. Uh,
1: Like, Crowley's a cool character, but he wasn't, like, leg I, I I would say leg coded. coated
0: Like, he doesn't. I mean, he, he has knowledge. Because, I mean, most of the times when you say there's a creature at the crossroads, they have knowledge of both yeah. worlds. But the big thing here is that Legba was depicted wrong in America Horror Story uh, when they did New, the New Orleans art. Um, because they tried, like, they probably wanted to go more with the Baron. But honestly, none of the Loa that I've looked at, and there, there's a lot, are directly evil. They're, they're not, really? it's like the the problem is especially with the western mindset is something's indifferent to us it's evil yeah like well we we get back into the christian duality right idea those are the notes i have about legba my response is maybe get a bag of dark chocolate good dark chocolate some tobacco a bag uh, get some tobacco good tobacco maybe cherry flavored and a uh, bottle of dark rum and Go to the crossroads, maybe You'll learn a thing or two. Maybe he'll yeah. teach you that NFTs are bullshit.
1: No, I love this. When it comes to the Loa and to Hoodoo in general, I always love learning more because it's something that, as someone from Louisiana, I, you know, kind of have a periphery knowledge of, but I'm not, I'm not super knowledge of because I, I just don't see it. In fact, like I think the biggest thing, and I'm the most unfortunate thing about this is, like, when I see it on, in media, it's usually some white person on some stupid ghost TV show uh, making an ass of themselves talking about it. But no, it's been really good. I've been enjoying, like, we did our Crossroad episode, and I really
0: enjoyed that. So, I mean, and here's the deal, like, anybody that's listening to this, whenever you listen to this, I... Do not apologize for the sacrilege that I use in any of the episodes we do because if I was to start talking about the religion that I prescribe to, I'm still gonna be this way mm. like you you tell me a carpenter with twelve dudes walking around in the desert didn't carry weed nah that man that man they, they, Peter was carrying and you um again, like again, if you get upset, I be be upset, I guess, but it's one of those like I have skepticism in everything I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but it, some of this stuff is wild. Like, some of this literally, like, when you start talking about even like some of the Honey Island Swamp Monster and like the Falk Monster, some of it's 100% wild, right? So, I'm trying to be respectful because this is a religion. And I'll be honest, I'm not going to do anything to re- disrespect any of the Loa because I don't want them knocking on my door because there's a tiny bit of me that will say they will.
1: And here's the thing like, when it comes to something like this, I think it's good to have like, it's not only good to have like a perspective outside like a Western or like a Christian centric point of view, but it's it's good to understand the history of where certain things come from. And I think it's really interesting, like when we talked about Papa Lickba in in terms of like the history of where it came from, like potentially the history it came from within slavery. Yeah, I think that's good context to have.
0: Because, I, mean, well, I mean, that's a lot of where what modern day hoodoo is came from yeah. that forced mixing
1: and whether cultures. And whether you can say that hoodoo was discovered or created or however you want to put it, it doesn't really matter. What, what matters is that... It came from that and now we have this new perspective
0: and it's something that I, has grown from thousands of years. I'm gonna honestly say it makes the world better. It does make it the world makes better. the world better because it's another outlook. It creates more knowledge that we can learn and it also boil down to it, it makes it to where you should stop and think and maybe respect things more. Yeah. Also,
1: Papa Legbo's fucking cool.
0: Yeah, Papa Legba's dope. Like yeah. uh, I'm not gonna lie, in the Dresden game I run he is the Loa, other than Baron Samadhi that I've used the most because he's the contact. So with one of the characters being the emissary of the Loa, he legit is the one that they call on the most. But another fun thing that's been thrown in with this is that uh, the current emissary of the Loa, most of the Loa didn't want her to be the emissary of the Loa. Legba's the one who argued the point on her behalf when she was like six Hell yeah. So Legba is one. I, I won't lie. Legba is really fun to play. Legba's is really good. Like uh, they had to, in the game, they had to go retrieve part of his horn because a dude that he was teaching how to play the guitar, oh Richard, no. Richard Willie, who goes by Biggie as his, uh, his stage name. God damn it, Hewitt! This is your fault because of a different game we played on that name. Anyway, uh, and it, no, no, it's uh, they had they retrieved the horn because he hit Legba in the head while offering Legba too much rum as his offering, and then stole the pick of destiny, tenacious D reference, and he was going and tearing up Memphis's blues scenes by playing using the tip of Legba's horn as his guitar pick. I like how you were like subtly hinting
1: at one reference, but then you were like. Tenacious D reference. Dude, you you understand.
0: (laughs) I'm the one who ran an entire game that took everybody till we sang the last song to realize I've been making Dolly Parton jokes the entire game. God damn it. Anyway, thank y'all all all for listening. Thank y'all. All Um, All right, uh, we don't have a website just yet by the time of this being, or the time of this recording. So if you want to see anything that has uh, Topher or myself hear a little bit more. You can find us at Team Bonus Action. I am usually the Forever DM. He is the backup Forever DM. Uh, we play on Monday nights in a game called Holy Win, and uh, we also do charity streams very regularly with Team Bonus, Team Bonus Action, which you can find on... All right, so uh, you can also find us at TeamBonusAction.com, which is a website that has everything connected to us and what we're producing uh, for our RPGs Thank and you, other streams. You can also find us at Team Bonus Action on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch instagram threads blue Sky.
1: i think we're on, we're on blue sky now and on twitter slash x we are bonus underscore team uh i also have my my twitter slash x which, which i'm not usually on uh the underscore grape flower um i have no additional social media because i'm a luddite that's fine uh being on social media sucks, but we'll try and branch out here in the future, but for the moment, uh thank y'all for listening. We'll be back next when, week or whenever so yeah. until then,
0: Bon we.